0: This podcast is brought to you by the University of Aberdeen.
1: Hello and welcome to the very first episode of our Be Well podcast series. My name is Becca Walker and I am a wellbeing advisor at the University of Aberdeen. Our series will focus on a variety of topical wellbeing issues, which we will explore and discuss with different guests each week. In today's episode, we will be discussing mental health through the lens of race issues. Joining me today, I have Radine, who is the Vice President for Communities from Aberdeen University Student Association. We also have Annie, who is a fourth-year Business and French student and also the Convener of the BAME Students Forum, and Doyen, who is a fourth-year medical student and Vice President of Black Medics Scotland. A huge warm welcome to you all and thank you so much for joining me. Now, racism can happen anywhere. It can happen in school, at work, online or outside. Sometimes racist abuse is obvious, verbal abuse or physical violence, but it can also be subtle and can be difficult for people to notice. So how does racism, both conscious and unconscious, affect
0: mental health? So, like you said, racism is systemic, so it just manifests in multiple different ways and often people do think that it's just overt racism that has the biggest impact but um, it just it can manifest in de- very different ways and racism literally leads to poorer health and it's not just mental it's physical as well um a lot of us know how much say stress can affect your body if you're very stressed out you sleep less you eat less you just you can become physically sick and imagine that racism is stress multiplied and you feel that stress every single day and that's the way that it severely affects black people globally it's not just america it's very much in the uk in scotland and i think the problem is that people look to look at racism as police brutality in america and the way that black death is all over media and social media and they don't realize that microaggressions for example can have just about as an effect on black people as police brutality can and i'm hoping that by shining light on like how it how microaggressions affects us and our mental health it'll help people to kind of be just more careful of what they say and educate themselves as well and actively fight racism as allies as well, because obviously the work should not just be on black people. Um, We need everyone's help just to improve the general mental health of the black community.
2: I very much agree with what Annie said. Um, I feel like racism also, it has a lot of effects that people probably wouldn't put towards mental health, but anxiety and hypervigilance is something that you develop over time because you, you're always you end up double checking whether something is racism, and that when double checking it affects your experience during that period in time, and then you'll then try to start policing yourself so that you don't fall victim to toward, towards racism or it will lead to you laughing off microaggressions when really and truly it's hurting you deep within and then like for me recently um someone must have made a joke about um black lives matter and all lives matter. And I know the person did not mean it in a malicious way, but it, it you think with everything that's going on in the world right now, you think it's still appropriate to make a joke. And when the person said that joke, I didn't speak up at it because I thought I'm not going to ruin everyone else's night. But then I went home feeling guilty afterwards, thinking I really should have said something. um, And then it just, it sometimes feels like you are, it feels like, it sometimes feels like you're carrying the race even though you don't have to carry the race a long term long term racism also it leads to you so i know members of my family have told me that they caused the racism death experience from a young age um they did grow up sometimes hating the color of their skin or hating their hair color so in t- in medical terms it could be classified as body dysmorphia although that's not the specific definition for it um but with you hating the skin you're in it affects what you how you go through life and how you're gonna lead life and it just it lowers your self-esteem.
3: Yeah I completely agree with um, what you've both said I think being black is a really important part of our identity and character but I and I think part of that importance is because there is a shared struggle and a shared understanding of how the world seemingly operates for black people in this country and I think when you're dealing with the burden of like microaggression, microaggressions over years, and then also the how um, black people are also systemically and disproportionately affected by economic inequality, this increases the risk in um, black people um, developing mental health issues, and I think it's like exacerbated by the fact that um, we're constantly getting images of black people in the news cycle. Um, being killed, being harmed. And there's just a general outpour of negativity, even though even if you're just living day to day without doing anything, you're like, you're constantly being subjected to almost this um, reminder that like being black in this country is not safe. Um, And so that in effect, very damaging to um, mental health overall.
0: Yeah. And also, I think a lot of people might think, oh we're here to talk about mental health, What? how does racism tie into that? And a lot of people need to realise that mental illness is not the cause, it is the effect. So the cause is racism, so the way that racism affects us institutionally, so like medical racism or in education, that directly affects how we navigate the world and like you guys have said, affects our self-esteem, the way we view each other, the way that the rest of the world views us. So like even right now I'm currently writing my dissertation on the Black experience in France and I'm finding a lot of information about how obviously a lot of us know that race is a social construct and a lot of white people have this term that they use where it's oh, you know we don't have to make everything about race but when we have Black skin there is no way for us to navigate the world in any other way than through our skin color because that's the first thing people see when they look at us it's not for um in my one of the studies i'm looking at it shows that white people often do not think of themselves as white they'll go by oh i'm shy i'm friendly but the first thing we think of is oh, i'm a black person i'm a black woman i'm a black man because that's how we that's how we're perceived that's how we navigate the world so i think it's important that people realize that racism is not it doesn't just affect us like in the way that oh we might go to prison for this we might get kicked out of school for this but it's everything it affects our mental health as well because it's just the way the very way that we exist is seen and perceived as other in the world just
2: following on from annie there um I completely agree with that and you become aware of your race at a very young age so i know the first time i realized that i was a different color to everyone else i must have been about five years old and it was because racial slurs were being said to me from other students at, at my same primary school and I, like i've got loads of nieces and nephews now and i don't want them growing up in a world thinking, oh, but my skin colour is this, so this means I can't do this. And that, that is the world that a lot of us have grown, grown up in. And it's the it's the life we're living now that you think I can't become CEO of this or I can't become this consultant because I'm black and it, it's going to take more work for me to do it. It's just hard and there's no point in me doing it.
1: Do you think that um, maybe there's a, like a lack of, of black people in power, for example, kind of how you've just talked about, do you think that affects... Mental health, and you know how you maybe see yourself in future jobs
2: and the roles that you might have? So, I would say, like, yes, of course, because the whole time I've been at Aberdeen University, I've only seen one black lecturer my whole time here. And initially, I left the year thinking, oh, maybe it's because that is what is represented in the hospital. But I found that statistics wise, 50% of the employees in the hospital are from ethnic minorities. I don't know how many specifically are black. But even being on the ward, I see multiple black doctors and I'm like, why are we not utilising this? Because it just it creates that limitation, that ceiling of what you can achieve in life. Um, during my second or third year of uni, we have to go to a primary school and we have to go speak to the students there. So the way my group did it was we had one medical student with about three or four students um, from the primary school and um on my table there was this one black girl there and during the question and answer session she asked me she she was like oh so are you a doctor and i was like oh well i'm studying to become one and you could see that light bulb switch in her mind like oh this is like a career option for me and that like from that day like i i was so happy when i left because i was able to influence someone and show them you can achieve this and this is why we established the black black medic scotland as well because we want to be able to mentor students and show them that you you do have this option, you do have all these career options. It's not just doctors, it's not just dentists, it's not just physician associates. There's so much you can do in life. But if you do look at um if you do look at society, even the black celebrities that we do have now, the repercussions that they get from certain stuff that they do is so disprop- disprop- disproportionate to what other white celebrities would get. Like a recent example is if you look at diversity there, dance on Britain's Got Talent so impactful and such a great message behind it but they got ten thousand complaints because people did not like it was did not like the political issues that were being right raised and as a young child if that if I was a young child watching that I would be like well if this is what I want to do in the future what's the point these celebrities are getting complaints who's going to listen to me anyway
0: yeah um I also did not have I did not have a single black teacher actually growing up um once I moved here because I moved to the UK when I was 9, so before then I was living in Cameroon and it was very much, I was unaware of my race because obviously everyone looked like me where I was and then I came here and it's just everyone, I just did not see anyone that had the same colour of skin as me, I didn't see anyone in power that looked like me and recently in my French department, no in my business department sorry, we had a black tutor for one of our business seminars And myself and one of my, uh, one of the girls on the committee as well, Hannah, we are the only two black students in the entire, in the entire business course. We're not sure if the entire year, but we believe so. And the girl that the tutor was a Nigerian woman. And we remember the looks that were exchanged in class when she would speak because she had a thicker accent and as the two class reps people came up to us and said oh we don't know um how to put this we just can't really understand her um we don't know if she just doesn't know what she's talking about and i remember just how angry we were because even now seeing someone in some form of power so having like a black tutor it wasn't enough we can't just be average i've had so many average mediocre lecturers white mediocre lecturers and tutors but because she was a black woman she had to be just that much more exceptional it wasn't okay that she had an accent even though we've had different chinese lecturers indian lecturers like really broad scottish lecturers no one's ever said anything about the accent but because she was nigerian suddenly it was so hard to understand her african accent and seeing that the fact that even someone who was above us as students was still i guess at risk of such criticism and discrimination it went to show us like we just kept thinking what are we supposed to do when we finally reach like the workplace because we have to be so much better than everyone else to even get an ounce of respect and that's how it is when we see black characters on tv if the only thing about them is their race they're kind of discarded on the side or they have to be like really exceptional characters they have to be they're really strong and they go through so much discrimination slavery and they come out on top and that's all there is to us, we can't just be average average people and that really does affect your mental health because there's now this pressure of being you need to just be at the top of everything and our parents do the same thing I know a lot of people growing up in the black community we know that our parents say you know you have to work twice as hard you have to be the best in this class because you're not going to get the same opportunities as like becky and you know they're going to look for any reason to tear you down and that kind of pressure on a child is so severe and it can all a lot of time we internalize that because then if we do average or subpar then it's like oh we failed like we failed to represent our entire community whereas a white person my white friends will fail their class and it's that's just a reflection on them it's not a reflection on the white community so that's just another way that racism can affect your mental health it's just
2: there's just no way to escape that yeah and like it just it enhances it shows you the inequality that is present in the world this inequality is also present in the prisons in the criminal system and if that's what you're seeing 24 7 you're just left thinking well, what's the point of me trying? If this is the perception that society already has for me, there's no point in me even trying to be better because I just have to do that much more work.
3: Yeah, I agree completely. I think one of the key things also about role models, though, is I always have to think that, like, role models should be an extension of um, improvement in other fronts as well, because I often find that when speaking about role models... uh or like what I've seen is that oftentimes black people tend to become role models because they have come out of um, hardship or come out of a situation that was especially difficult. And um, that presents an image that like black people must be exceptional to, um, to succeed. And that is true, right? Like the relevance of the fact that like, I was also told from a young age that I have to work twice as hard to get um, half of the things that white people get as well. But um, I think as well, like, Um, There's often an argument where people deflect and like um, talk about athletes, musicians, entertainers. And of course, I'm proud of like sporting achievements and like black cultural prowess. But I think black people are so much more than that as well. And I think um, sometimes the conversation can often deflect when it comes to role models um, because of the way that um, black people are represented, either being in um, pain and our trauma is represented or were represented in like entertainment industries and sporting industries and there's this there's this middle ground that's often unrepresented completely where um like people like for example within academia there doesn't seem to be um, any representation of black people for example and also in like um, professions even though we know statistically like in the medical profession that um Black people are employed by the NHS, but that isn't represented in popular media.
0: Yes, I always think about as well, like the first black hero that I saw on TV, and honestly, growing up, I didn't really see many. That's a thing. Like when we look at heroes for a child, that might not be like someone in politics or in medicine. It might very well be, you know, a cartoon character, and when you don't see yourself reflected in like a heroic role that can also affect you mentally because then you think am i or people that look like me not capable of being extraordinary in that sense so it sounds silly it's like obviously we know that powers aren't real but to a child you think well why can't people that look like me be a superhero why can't people that look like me get struck by lightning and get power you know it's just you think where why am i not represented in this show am i why are people like me not represented on tv on me in media and that just creates like there's just like thing like there's just paradox of like visibility and invisibility because on one hand we're not represented at all we can't see ourselves on tv but on the other hand by being black we are hyper aware of ourselves and the world is hyper aware of the color of our skin so it's just constantly we're just constantly walking in between the two like invisible and very very visible
1: so how can we like change this kind of different communities understand and talk about mental health in different ways and experience it you know culturally it's different maybe we're depending on where you're living in the uk or around the world how can we break that stigma and kind of give self-esteem to people that are black?
0: I think obviously there's like a lot of work to be done. There's multiple ways to do it, but as we've spoken about um that whole trope of black people, specifically black women as being, you know, strong or always a strong characters, I think beginning with allowing black women to be vulnerable and I guess weak as well creating the space for us to be those kind of characters would help the stigma of that we always have to be strong and take everything on and not show weakness by breaking down that stereotype it would allow us more freedom to express ourselves that's just one way um because especially dark-skinned black women who are hyper masculinized i think we just need just more representation and more just create more space for Black women to express themselves would help in that stigma around mental
2: health. So I would also say that um, it's with education, we need to educate individuals and this can be done in so many different ways. So one way I do is like I talk to my family, I talk to all the kids in my family saying you can do anything you want and I try and encourage everyone through mentorship programs that Various organisations have. We can, you can mentor students, you can encourage them, you can do this, you can do this, you can do that. But also just to educate them that it is a hard process, and you, your mental health may be affected. Um, I think we spoke to Dr. Yvette Arthur, who's a clinical psychologist, and she she makes a point of going to other churches or to go to ethnic minorities and tell them these are the signs of mental health, these are the um, these are the symptoms of mental health. So if you have issues, come and speak to people, come and tell your stories. You know. Um, and just mental health needs in general needs to be kept on the agenda. Let let people know you can do whatever you want, but it may be hard, it may affect your mental health, but that there is a light at the end of the tunnel.
3: Yeah, I 100% agree with both of what you've said as well. And I think, um, I mean, like, just going back to the representation um, point earlier was that it's also because I've recently rewatched both of the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movies and, like, it was funny that it was pointed out to me that, like, these golden tickets were, like, released to the world and it was five white kids that got these golden tickets. And, I like, it's something you don't gauge, like, you don't realise as a kid. But then when you um, re-watch it, you're like, huh, this doesn't make any sense. And I think th- just that very notion of the fact that, like, even as kids, we're not exposed to very many... Um, we're not, we're not exposed to very many black people in children's media, at least in this country, um, it forces uh, uh, like black people in this country to become very hardened at a very young age and also have low expectations of how they're gonna be perceived. Um, and so I think, uh, I know it's like sort of a cliche thing, but like um, one of the key things that pe- like black people should think about is reminding ourselves that we should take care of ourselves, like self-preservation and, um, self-care is radical right we're taking care of ourselves because we've become so accustomed to navigating daily microaggressions and just various forms of discrimination that we normalize and think is acceptable behavior when in actual fact um it's damaging so i think just taking care and take like not being afraid to seek professional help when you need it as well is very important because i think there seems to be a stigma of reaching out and seeking professional mental health among certain communities. And I think that isn't um, necessarily healthy, particularly when we've already normalized so much and so much of our daily trauma comes from just um, things that we're exposed to.
0: I think as well, the problem is we also, in the black community, um, we need to normalize, I hate that word, but we need to normalize just discussing past traumas because as black people a lot of us know about generational trauma and the fact that things that our families and ancestors experienced past trickle down to us and even something as simple as like my mother's upbringing with her family is it affects the way she like raised me and then I have issues with my mental health and I think where does this stem from how how why can I speak about certain emotions like that? It's because my mother did not do that and then her mother didn't do that so I think we need to normalize in the black community talking about past traumas and problems and the way that we're feeling in our families and stop labeling it and mental illness and depression as a white problem because even if you look back to representation on tv because it's so so important when you see mental mentally ill Characters, they are always white. You do not see a black person that has depression or anxiety or Schizophrenia you do, it's we do not know so we don't see black people with those different illnesses So we think black people do not get depression. They don't get they're strong. They don't get sick so that trickles down to how medical professionals see us because I they think they're they're taught we don't experience pain the same way so we need to be able to speak about that kind of stuff even between each other and normalize the fact that it does happen to us. And once we can do that, we can also tackle the way the rest of the world perceives mental illness in the black community.
2: Yeah, and like, so I'm originally Nigerian, and I think in the West African culture, it's very much, oh, yeah, you're, um, they don't consider depression as part of mental health so they'll be like oh this person's just crazy not knowing it's psychosis and it could be due to something else so it's really going into these communities and educating them that these are all the different types of mental health that can happen you can have anxiety you can have depression you can have eating disorders anything like that so that they know to look out for these things and just to go about what rad said about microaggressions i think that is such a big issue i think i've laughed off so many microaggressions in my lifetime that it i think this year is the first year i was talking to my flatmate about it like we shouldn't be laughing at these things. They're not funny. They're not jokes. I know you don't want to make a scene, but these are, if we start standing up for all these little things, it will lead to a bigger change eventually in this society.
3: And I think it was, as well, as interesting that you mentioned, Annie, that, like, within the Black community, Black and mental health is not spoken about a lot. Um, even though, like, statistically, like, in the UK, Black Br- British people are more likely to be diagnosed with things like psychosis and schizophrenia. So, like... There's also, I think it also comes down to the responsibility of medical health practitioners themselves in terms of um, how are they navigating black people's trauma? What exactly are, is the treatment available for people who develop mental health issues because of racism? Is Are, are there any provisions specifically available to that? Um, and so I think that's a wider conversation that needs to be had because I think we very much talk about how um, racism is institutional and does affect um, black people on various different levels but we don't acknowledge what the repercussions of that are which is um, how badly it affects mental health on a broader level.
0: I think the problem there as well is the fact that when we are diagnosed it's like okay here you go you've got depression and obviously the immediate thing To do if we are even provided with that service is to seek therapy. The problem with that I have with that is we're not addressing so many root causes for the reason I might be mentally mentally ill. So why am I depressed? I am struggling with money, and I feel like the whole world is against me as a black woman. So instead of saying, okay, well, you can talk it out with therapist. I do not need a therapist principally. What I need is to not face housing discrimination because I'm black what I need is to not have to go to the shop and think okay like who is going to try me today who's going to say something about the fact that for example my mother once went to Lidl's to get croissants and when she picked it up this was before the pandemic an older white gentleman behind her asked to get a different tongs because he didn't want to touch the same tongs as a black woman so I do not need to be going to the store and facing things like that we need to address What can the government and its people do to alleviate mental illness, like the causes of mental illness in black people? And that starts with addressing the racist ideology and the institutions that are in place that disproportionately affect us. I don't think that we can really get far before attacking those problems. Like, so, poverty disproportionately affects BAME people, specifically black people address that don't ask us why we're sad I'm homeless like obviously I'm going to be stressed out so I think the government just needs to do more than just put buzzwords like oh talk reach out to a friend like that's those things are well and good but they're not going to eradicate mental illness
1: is there any particular resources that any of you guys have found helpful specifically for black people and the situations that you guys have explained is it anything that you find particularly helpful which you know might benefit to any of our listeners
2: um so some of the resources that i know there is the black african and asian therapy network who've got a variety of blogs and they've got a variety of podcasts that people can listen to and they also have a reading list as well um, there's also a podcast called therapy for black girls which again covers mental health issues and it allows people like to get out of your head and hear someone else talk about any issues that you might be dealing with and then i uh, finally i also have dr yvette arthur who is a clinical psychologist and um on her instagram she has many many resources for people to use and she can even direct people to an appropriate resource as well
0: there's also i'm not sure they're still doing it i believe so. Uh Black Minds Matter UK were raising money right around I think it was around June, July, in order to like try send pay for therapy for as many black uh youth as possible in the UK. So I believe that's just a case of like contacting them and getting in touch with the therapist that they recommend on the website and then they try to get at least your first session paid for. So I think that's really a really vital resource to have and Also, just finding comfort communities where you are. So in Aberdeen, that might be like different ACSs. There's the BAME forum as well. Um, We are working to create a safe space for Black people and BAME people to just express themselves and connect with other Black people in Aberdeen. Um, We have a world, there's the World Mental Health Day coming up in October, where we will be trying to link students to, different resources so whether that be uh, podcasts or playlists to listen to to relax uh, different things like that so i think just finding a comfort community where you are could help just being able to speak to someone that understands you don't have to explain why you feel the way that you do They understand oh i'm black too i understand how you feel and then you can like Kind of just de-stress through that way
3: um, locally as well there's the grampian regional equality council that provides the counseling service um, for um, specifically um, black and minority ethnic individuals to speak about um, if you're affected by hate crimes prejudice racism or discrimination and they're qualified um, to provide a safe environment to speak about what's happened so that's um, a service that's currently available um, also I've seen there are a few like pages just online one that I can think of off the top of my head that's Scotland specific would be I think it's so we glow um, We Dot Glow on on Instagram and that's like a student from St Andrews um, who's providing like mental health like help and in front, like from the perspective of a black person so i think um there are a lot of general resources online obviously they shouldn't be a replacement for like medical services but they can be in conjunction with it because as annie's described earlier a lot of the medical services do not go into the root of why specifically black people are affected by mental health issues such as depression
2: we also um i forgot to mention there's black medical the black medic scotland and um, we're here to help students as well. We're here to talk to anyone that wants to talk. We can refer you to any resources and we aren't, um, you don't just have to be a medical student, dentist or PA. So you can just reach out to us on our BMS Aberdeen Instagram or BMS Aberdeen Facebook.
0: I think since we offered quite a few resources on like what we can do, like what resources are available to black people, I think it's important to see what resources are not helpful that I think personally, and that is um, a lot of societies on campus. I've noticed and the university itself has put in place sort of systems where you report racist things that have happened to you. And I've seen a lot of companies doing that now. All oh, we want, we are starting a forum. If you guys want to send us, um, tell us exactly like a reporting system where like you tell us what racist things have happened to you. I think that that is a very shallow and performative way of like, tackling um so to speak racism because having us relive our trauma without putting in place actual steps and tools and resources to tackle those very things we're discussing is useless then we're just in a cycle of telling uh, telling everyone just all the racist things that happened to us but what exactly is the institution doing what are you going to do with this report that i've now sent you so i think that the university needs to kind of wake up from that and decide and realize that having us tell them that racism is bad and that people are racist on campus is not really going to, is not the radical idea that they think they think it is.
3: Yeah, I think I would, I'm inclined to agree as well. I think simply implementing a system where people can re- basically report their trauma isn't enough. I think part of uh, reporting or an effective way to tackle racism while also Gain, getting input from um students or um is by ensuring that they're safeguarded and there needs to be a level of um responsibility on behalf of an institution that um that first of all there is happening on a systemic level and secondly also that there's a level of safeguarding of these students and some that whatever that is spoken about is will be dealt with in, in a manner that goes beyond just oh, we're sorry this has happened to you. So I think um, it's a very complex issue of like sort of navigating how um, institutions are, especially, especially in light of like Black Lives Matter and things like that, going to navigate the increase in um, reporting of um, racism on campus because it's not as if they haven't it hasn't been happening previously. It's just that now um, black people finally have a voice to be able to speak on, a lot of the discrimination they faced and yeah that again bleeds into to um mental health and the provisions that are going to be provided there
1: um thank you so much guys for coming along today and sharing your stories i know that might have caused some trauma kind of going back into your past that so you could share these stories which may be able to help others so i'm really appreciative and i'm sure our listeners will be too I would just like to say that if you're struggling, please remember that help is out there and there is support, you know, the resources that the guys have chatted about here. We will leave links of these resources in the comments section. So if anyone is struggling, please um, use the resources that are available. I would also just like to finish off by saying thank you so much for listening and obviously to our guests for coming along. Um, I hope you'll tune in next time for our, our next episode. And again, thank you so much.